Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1 is where we'll be this morning. Luke chapter 1. And this series called, Do You See What I See? It's been great. Had a great time with you last week as we just talked about uh, what, it, what it means to maybe be, be lonely and how you deal with that and just how we have different maybe questions in the holiday season. And, and we're, we just set up this, this sermon series with that whole idea that as we're going through life, we, we go through maybe the eight to five, we go through the grind, we're, we're experiencing life in different ways. We've been around long enough where, um, you know, the holidays, maybe Christmas just isn't stockings, but there's a lot of different things that come up in the holidays. You may see some people around the, the living room who, who are new to the living room, and then you may see some people who are no longer in the living room this holiday season. And so, so Christmas is definitely a time where family comes together, and it's a powerful time for, for family, but it's, it's good and it's bad, and we just all have questions, and, and we, we all, we all do want different things at Christmas. Have you found that to be true? Like, anybody have a Christmas list of what they want? Y'all still do Christmas lists, you know? Do you still do Christmas lists? Do you still say, hey, this is what I want? Do you exchange it with your spouse, with your mother, you're with your father, with your brother, with your sister? Do you do you do a Christmas list? Do you, are you starting to make maybe some traditions? And and and, and so, you know, I, I love Christmas. I love to think about my list of what do I want? What do I want this? Christmas and Sometimes it's not all material, you know. The older you get, you realize like the sometimes things are not as material as they once were. It's not necessarily the the bracelet at James Avery, which FYI, y'all y'all may not see my Insta story, but I took Brielle on her first daddy daughter dance this past Friday. It was awesome, and uh, I'm just going rogue on this sermon right now because it, it was just an incredible moment. I um, my wife set me up for success. She went and bought a charm bracelet for James Avery. I got her uh, just a thing of candies and, and dressed up in a suit. She dressed up in a dress and, and I was sitting there and it was just an incredible moment where I got to get on one knee and just, just ask her to the father-daughter's dance and, and give her this bracelet. And, and man, it was it was awesome. And, and she loved the bracelet. And you should see my daughter. She's all girl. It's like she, her nails had to be painted and, and she just, you know, she just gives you the look as though she's, you know, being charmed, you know, as though she's being pursued. And, and man, it was awesome. And, you know, that's, that's, that's hopefully some traditions that you're starting in the Christmas holiday and the Christmas season with your family, wherever you may be. And, and we all have questions. And, and like I said, some of those are material, um, all I want. And some of those are immaterial. Some of those are um, maybe some intangible. Some of those are some hopefuls. And, and so I just have a question in, in this is, what is, like, if you could pray for anything this Christmas, right? Not just a list to Santa Claus, not just a list that you would send off. But if you could pray for anything this Christmas, well, what would you be praying for? What would you pray for this Christmas? Would it, would it be that maybe a relationship is reconciled? 
Would it be maybe something that's really deep that you've been longing for that couldn't just be bought monetarily, but something that you wanted to gain that only God could move, would have to move heaven on earth for you to get? What, what is it that you want this Christmas season? What is your all I want list? What is your all I want thing. I want you to take 15 seconds. Just think about that as you're maybe taking, man, I just, Ross, I just want to applaud you taking notes right here. I just, man, you're the man. So what is all I want? What is your all I want? Just, let's just pause. Maybe you just close your eyes, you know, set the mood because we're, you know, kind of in a theater right here slash comedy club. And uh, <clears throat> what would you, what would be the one thing that you would want for Christmas? What would be the one thing that you've been longing for, that you've been asking God for? Maybe, maybe it's not material, it's immaterial. Maybe it's something that he's going to have to do supernatural. What would you write there? What would you pray for? In Luke chapter 1, you may look at me. We, we, we read a story about Elizabeth. And, and if you remember this story, it's, it's real familiar to us. And I, I hope maybe we ask just a couple questions that we haven't thought about or haven't been intentional on, right? Have you ever read a story, but you haven't been intentional in the story? And, and maybe that's why you made, yourself to, made your way to church today is because I need to put myself in the story. I need to start asking some intentional questions. I need to start focusing on God for maybe 10, 15, 30 minutes, you know, that Sunday morning in, in, in the dark worship center. Maybe that's what I need to do this morning, and that's what I pray. And so Elizabeth has questions, questions with her and Zechariah as they're sitting there. And let's read Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So you can imagine in Luke chapter 1, as we remember the story of Elizabeth, she's, she's longing for a child because, you see, People long for a child just like they long for a child today. They, it, was, it was the way that they were going to pass down their legacy. It was, it was so important for them. And, and, and they're having a challenging moment here. And, you know, Zechariah, he's, he's, he's a priest. You know, he's a, he's a pastor. He just, he's just hanging out in the temple. He has all his pastor friends around. And I'm sure and I imagine that they're just asking him, yo, Zechariah, what's happening? Are you going to ever have that kid? Are you ever, ever is God going to answer your prayer? I mean, <clears throat> you're, you're righteous. You're, you're, you're pure in so many ways. You're right in the sight of God. And righteousness doesn't mean perfection here. Sometimes we read that and we feel like, man, we got to be perfect in every way. But it meant that they, they were definitely kept the law, that they were, they were in right standing with God. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And have you ever maybe wondered that, you know, you, you come to church, you come to Luminous, you come to Connect Group, you're on a night team, you're serving, you're doing what's right with God, but, but, but you still maybe have the unanswered promise, that unanswered desire, if you will, in your life. I, I think that's probably true of all of us, right? It's not just Zechariah here as, as this priest and 
as he's hanging out. And, and, and they were doing things well, right? You know, you have Elizabeth, who is, is a PK kid, right? She's a pastor kid. She's, she's the daughter of Aaron, the line of Aaron, these priestly, these, these priests in the temple. And here they are. They're both these, these preacher kids, and they're hanging out, and they're meeting, I imagine, in preacher school, right? Probably when they were 13 years old, they locked eyes, and they fell in love. And, and you know, it was God just set it up and it was so perfect and it was amazing and, and, and they were happily ever after. It was an, an amazing story and, and have you ever found that to be true? Like your life's going well, it's going so great but yet there may be still something that you're asking God for, something that you're hoping for in this moment and, and a lot of time goes by. 50 years. Have you ever waited 50? years for anything. You know, you. Uh, the, I think Luminous has, has two families over the age of 60 in our church, and I and imagine nobody has waited 50 years in this room for anything, right? We, we haven't been waiting very long for, for things, but they're waiting a very long time, a very long time, and they're waiting, and they're sitting, and, and they're, they're just praying and asking God, and you know, I'm sure Elizabeth is maybe a little insecure in this moment because she's not giving her husband what he is due. He's due a child. And you realize, like, in the law, like, if your wife was unbarren, if she, she didn't produce that, Zechariah could actually divorce her legally. He could have divorced her and found a woman who would bear a child. And, and yeah, he didn't do that. He found himself with, he found himself with her and they were, they were together and they were just loving Jesus and pursuing God and asking God this question and praying for a child and, and, and I just want to let you know, maybe that's maybe the first point this morning. Your doubt isn't a way out of what God has called you to. Your, your doubt isn't a way out of what God has called you to in this hour. You see, Zechariah, he, he could have gotten out. He could have gotten out because maybe God wasn't going to show up for this one. I'll make it happen another way and another season. And, and so there was maybe some doubt there, but, but he, he didn't use that as an excuse to check out on the situation. He didn't use it as an excuse to, to leave his wife and 11 through 13, it says this, while Zechariah, Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared for him, to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. That in this moment, the angel shows up and we notice something about Zechariah. Zechariah wasn't just sitting in his doubt, feeling, woe is me. Man, we're so isolated. Now we're living in the hills because maybe we're, we just feel a little shamed and maybe a little condemned. Maybe people are looking at us weird. He, 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 they, they, they may have been moving out, you know, just to, to maybe keep people from talking, but he was still believing what God had promised. This is a great great insight because what was he doing? He was praying. And the angel gives us insight that, that Zechariah was praying to God for the promise that he was believing God to fulfill. He was constantly going to the, to the temple, going around, and he was in 
prayer. He was asking the Lord, um, can, can, do you hear me? Is this what you hear me? Is this what you want from me? And, and I think this is great because, because in his doubt, he didn't use it as an excuse, but he used it as an invitation. Now, I want to encourage you this morning because maybe in your doubt, we, we, can just, we can just deuce out, right? We can leave the situation, but it's actually an invitation. In your doubt and the unknown and all these things, it's an invitation to begin to what? Intercession. It's to begin to start interceding for what God has done, interceding for who God is, interceding for that moment, praying and asking. Do you think that you would kind of get tired of praying the same prayer after 50 years? You ever been tired of praying the same thing after five years, 10 years, 15 years? You ever just been tired of, I'm just tired of praying for this one. Man, maybe God just wants me to move on. Have you ever felt like that? Like, man, maybe, maybe this is not going to happen. Maybe I should just hang up the cleats, you know, and just keep going, right? Maybe I should just move past this. But, but we see that Zechariah, from this insight of the angel showing up, that, that Zechariah was still praying. I hear your prayer. It was almost active. Like, like I hear your prayer that you've been petitioning and asking God for this. And, and it, sometimes it feels vain to pray for things, right? Maybe sometimes some things have passed you. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe some things have passed you up. I, I think I'm going to just move on. Maybe I need to change my prayer list a little bit. Maybe God didn't really say that. Maybe that's not for us or for me. And he just doesn't do this. And this is insightful for us. In verse 23 through 25, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. It's fascinating because Zechariah was in this place, and, and as he's ministering, this was probably the only week that he ministered in the temple like this ever in his lifetime as they rotated between people, and he spent a week there, and God shows up in a powerful way. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. This is awesome because we read in one chapter this moment of 50 years waiting, but we read it as in, in, in five seconds. So to us, it feels instantaneous. You ever read scripture like that where, where you read something like, oh, man, see, God, you did that, you know, for the Israelites. You know, you're going to do it for me right now this week. I believe it. Right. Have you ever have you ever just like sped God's timeline up because you read something in a verse or a chapter in your quiet time and, and you believe the promise is just going to happen immediately? Have you ever? felt like that, that it's just going to happen immediately. And this is what was happening in this moment. And, and, and some of us just are like, good, Elizabeth, I'm so glad God answered your promise. I'm so God, glad God did that for you. And, and yet you may be asking, but God hasn't done that for me. You, you read about the happy ending in one chapter, in, in one moment, so quickly, you read about it, and then you're like, well, what about my happy ending, right? What about when is it going to happen for me? And, and I want to encourage you today with a couple of things. I want to encourage you a couple, today with a couple of things with this happy ending. In Luke 1, 39 through 45, let's read that. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, 
And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And this is an incredible moment. We could preach about this sermon um, over and over again, how the Holy Spirit fills up the womb and fills up John and, and begins to call John out to prophesy, maybe even from the womb in this moment and, and just incredible things that are happening. But, but what I really wanted to, to focus on is, is that what, what you're waiting for isn't the point, but it's pointing you to the real promise. That, that what you're waiting for it's not necessarily the point, but it's a pointer to the real promise of what God has for you. And this is what we see within, within um, <clears throat> Elizabeth here is that, 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 that this baby that's in her is leaping for joy when it gets around Jesus and it starts pointing her to, to the Messiah. It starts pointing her to Jesus. It starts pointing her to what really matters most in this moment. You see, you're... you're your waiting should be pointing to Jesus. Your waiting should be pointing who, to who Jesus is. And this is what John's mission was, right? John's mission from the womb to the wilderness, he was constantly pointing to Jesus. From the womb to the wilderness, he was pointing to Jesus, pointing who Jesus was. He was constantly going around telling everybody about Jesus. You see, this promise that was within her was pointing to the Messiah. And I just want to encourage you this morning that your promise as well should be pointing to, to Jesus. Your promise should be pointing to the Messiah. John 1, 29 through 30. Let's read about John. Crazy John, as some people would call him. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. That John, this promise that was fulfilled in Elizabeth was a pointer to the, to the ultimate promise of who Jesus is, the Savior, who takes away the sins of the world. You see, you've, you've been waiting for something for a long time. You've, you may be waiting to maybe give. You've been waiting to maybe for, for the child that, that you want in your family. You've been waiting for that adoption. Uh, Sunday, good night was here last week, and she was up here, and she was, she was rocking a baby in service. Y'all may remember this, because I remember it, because I was super distracted. There was a baby right here, and I love babies, and I was just so distracted. I don't know why, and so this is my apology to Sunday, because she was... Rocking and and going back and forth with this adopted child, um, but but it, right in this moment she was a foster child, and, and two days later she actually adopted that child, and it was just an incredible moment because here I am like I'm so distracted by this kid right here, but I don't realize that this kid is foster, but now this kid is adopted, and it's such a promise for Sunday, and it was just an awesome moment now that that, that is completed, and and although I was distracted, I'm so thankful, you know, for Sunday and and just the baby. And, and a lot of us are in here. We have new, new mothers and fathers in here, right? The Nelsons are here. Woo! The Nelsons are here. Yeah, baby Susie's over there. You know, we got, we got Jay over here. Come on. And so, um, man, it's just awesome what, what God is doing and bringing, bringing, bringing this promise that we've been waiting for. And 
and you've been waiting for maybe the job, or you've been waiting for the next season to go to Maryland, or you've been waiting for, for um, maybe that spouse that you've been longing for and hoping for and waiting for, or you've been maybe waiting for some kind of healing, you know? Um, we have a lot of people who are going through some tough diagnosis right now in our church, and you've just been waiting for that healing, and, and you've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. But I want to let you know that all you're waiting is to keep pointing you to Jesus. All you're waiting and the promise of it is to keep moving you to God. Do you realize that, that as Zechariah and Beth are sitting there and they're married and they're wondering what's happening, he, he's not leaving her for somebody else. No, they're waiting. They're waiting for God to move, but it's constantly pointing them to God. Isn't that great? Like when it doesn't happen for you, when life doesn't happen for you, when, when it's not going according to your timeline, it should be pointing you to the Father and not away from him. It should be pointing to you to him. And then when that promise does come, it should be pointing you to God. It should be pointing you to Jesus. Man, God, thank you so much. I'm so thankful for that job. That job should be pointing you to Jesus. You realize life is just a bunch of waiting? Have you ever realized that? Like life is just waiting. Think about it. You know, you're in college. You're getting your degree, you know, and then, and then you're just waiting. And so then you decide to go get a master's and, and then you're just waiting. And then you land the job and you're like, man, God, you're awesome. You provide the job. And now you're waiting on the raise, you know, and then you sit there and, you, and the raise comes. And, and now you're now you're waiting, you know, you're waiting on the next thing. And and then you're waiting on the promotion and then you're waiting on elevation. And and then that comes and then and then you're waiting to retire. Oh, I can't wait till retire I'm just waiting to retire and then you retire and then you're waiting you know just to spend all your money and then you spend all your money and then you die and then boom right and that's this is how life is this is how life is life is a bunch of waiting think about it you know when you're single at 12 years old just wanting to be married at 13 and and you're like, God, when are they going to come? Lord, would you bring them? And you're just waiting. And then you finally get that spouse. And then you're like, man, the waiting's over. No, it's not. Now you start waiting on the kids. You know, Lord, one day we're going to have kids. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a child. Then you get the children. You're like, man, the waiting's over. No, it's not. Because now you're waiting for them to leave. Man, we're just waiting for them to get out of here. We're just waiting for them to go. And then once they go, now you're waiting for the grandbabies. You realize that life is just a lot of waiting but in the waiting it keeps pointing us to to the promise keeper it keeps pointing us to Jesus it keeps pointing us to him that that everything that we're waiting on should be pointing us to Jesus in the process of what's happening you see it, it, when when the promise comes it, it should just keep pointing you to Jesus and more Jesus it could just just keep pointing you to who he is we're all waiting and ultimately, what we're all waiting for is we're all waiting for the appearance of Christ. We're all waiting that one day we're all going to see Christ appear and we're going to be with him in glory. That's really what we're waiting on. We're waiting to see Jesus again. I mean, we read this in Romans 8, how the whole creation groans. It just, it just groans uh, for God. It groans for the creator. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time, that we're just groaning for him. And we're just longing for him. We're just waiting for him. We're waiting for who he is. And everything else is just pointing us to him in every way possible. It's why we meet together, as Hebrews would say, that we would meet together like this. 
that we meet together because, because we're all waiting on something. We're all waiting on God. We're all waiting on that promise, and, and we're all waiting on who he is, and we're supposed to encourage each other when we're doubting maybe the promise, when we're discouraged, when we're feeling maybe some temptation to do some things that we shouldn't do, you know, like, why, why are you going, you know, to the well on, you know, on Christmas Eve just because you're single, you know, and, and hoping to get a dance, you know, so you don't spend Christmas alone. Like, no, come on, man. Let's wait for Christ. Come to our Christmas Eve service, you know, and, and let's sing some songs and, and wait for Jesus and the true promise of who God is. Like, let's start, let's start pursuing him together. You see, this morning we come in this place and, and we're all waiting together. We're all waiting on promises together. You may be waiting on something from your list specifically. You may feel like maybe, maybe God's failed you a little bit. Maybe, maybe you're a little disappointed this morning. Maybe you're asking that question, God, do you see what I see? Maybe you're like in this video where you're, where you're sitting there and, and life is just happy, but then something hits you sideways and you just have a little bit of, a little bit of doubt that creeps in and you wonder, man, is, is God really for me or is he against me? Is, he really, is, is his promises true? Is it really going to happen? And, and I just, I'm encouraged by this because, because you know, for Elizabeth, she <clears throat> has a happy ending. But really, really, from Elizabeth, we see that, that she's waiting, not, not just on the baby, but she's waiting for the Messiah. And she's waiting for Jesus, and she's waiting and longing for him. She's longing to be near him and longing to see him. In Luke 1.36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Lord of God will never fail. The Lord of God will never fail. No matter what you're waiting for, I want to let you know that God's word doesn't fail. No matter what is going on, that his promise is yes and amen for those who are in Christ Jesus, that he's constantly going to show up. You see, this is a great story, and, and we see Elizabeth's happy ending of the baby, but, but the baby was not necessarily all the point. Like, the baby was a fulfillment of John to come prophesy, but, but, but John's point was to make Jesus greater. John's point was that he would come and tell about the Messiah and tell about who Jesus is. And, and this is really what I want to encourage you in, that no matter what you're doing or what season you're in, and it just maybe feel discouraged and feel like you have some doubt creeping in, that the Lord doesn't fail. And I thought that Jaron could come just share maybe a, a, just a spoken word with us just to reiterate this point this morning. So um, two years ago, God calls me on a missions trip, a year long all over the world. So I say yes, and I pack my bags, and I go, and I am in love and falling in love with all the people and all the places. And then one day, my ACL just tears. And I'm confused because you brought me here, right, God? So we pray, and nothing happens. So we pray, and nothing happens, and we pray, and we pray. And then I pack my bags, and I go home. And for the first time in five months, I am all alone. God, are you here? Are you going to heal me? Daughter, I'm here. I'll heal you. Okay. So I'm in a grocery store, like, thinking about what do I get my mom for her birthday? And I'm, I'm in the puzzle aisle, and I remember that she loves puzzles. So... 
Um, like you say the word puzzle and she gets out her folding table and her lamp and she gets that box and pours all that out of the pieces and then separates, you know, so you have edges over here and the center pieces over here. So I grab this thousand piece puzzle. And just as I grab it, a little girl and her mom walk by and the girl says, mom, how do you really know there are a thousand pieces in the box? I'm like, Clearly this girl has never done a puzzle in her life because what is on the box is what's gonna come in the box. Silly girl, trust the box. Silly mom, maybe teach your daughter to trust the box. <laughs> Last year, God says, quit your job. And what I want you to do is gonna require a significant pay cut, but don't worry, because I'll provide for you. So I quit my job and six months later, my car breaks down and I have to buy a new one with money I don't have. God, are you gonna provide? Do you see how many commas I do not have in my bank account and how many zeros are actually showing up? Daughter, I see it and I will provide. So back to the puzzle box, right? So I give my mom the box and she unwraps it and her eyes just glow and so she gets out her folding table and that lamp and pours out the pieces and separates them all. And I can't help but think about that little girl and her question. How do we really know there are a thousand pieces in the box? And I think about all the times that we have done puzzles before and how they've all had the correct amount of pieces. So Jaren, you just learned to trust the box. You just trust the box. In April, my mom calls. Says, Jaren, don't freak out, but grandma's had a stroke. So in the midst of my freaking out, she says, it's okay, he's here with her. So I hang up the phone and I call my friends and we pray and they say, don't worry, God is with her. And we pray and they say, don't worry, God is with her. And we meet up and they say, God's gonna heal her. And God says, I'm with her and I'm gonna heal her. But you know, it's been eight months and she still can't walk or talk. So I'm wondering, God, are you even here? God, are you ever, ever gonna show up? Will you heal her? You know, time and time, I come into this church wondering why it is so easy for me to trust a puzzle box that all the pieces are going to be there, but it is so hard for me to trust God. Yeah, he's never failed, but how do I know if this isn't the day? God, do you see me? Do you see what I'm going through? God, do you even see all the stuff that I see? God, are you even here? Daughter, I see you, and I see everything that you see. For this moment, I want you to see what I see. When you went on that mission trip two years ago, do you realize how hard your heart was? How you were so blocked, you didn't even have room to love anybody. Grace could not flow like a river. Something had to break. And you thought it was your knee, but it was your heart, and I had to mold it. I had to teach you how to love again. Do you see how easy it is for you to love now? Like you have never been hurt before, I healed you. And yeah, that limp is a trophy to show you that I was there for you. And you know, I have never seen you light up with more joy when people say yes to my name. You know that car that you don't have money to afford? You know, I have always provided for you. Do you see how you pack that car and there's more memories than your old car ever held? I will always provide for you. See how you have never gone without? 
daughter, I am so sorry about your grandma. I am so sorry you can't hear all the praises she gives me. Do you see when she worships? Do you see the reconciliation that happened because of this stroke? Yes, you think the enemy is winning, but oh, I have won. Do you see people you haven't seen in decades and you would have never seen had this never happened? I have healed her. And if she doesn't walk, and if you never see her dance and talk again, know that she has already been healed know that she will one day sing my praises and you may not be able to see it but know that I have already healed her daughter do you see it everything you have asked has come daughter do you see it God I see it but sometimes it gets foggy down here sometimes you don't show up the way I want you to show up but I see it and sometimes I doubt you but I don't want to doubt anymore God can you give me faith God, I don't want to doubt you anymore. Can you give me faith? I don't want to doubt you anymore. Would you stand with me this morning? 2 Corinthians 1.19 says this, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you, and as God's ultimate, yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, a sense of God for his glory. Father, I just thank you for luminous this morning. I thank you for who you are, God. I just pray, Father, in every season, wherever we are, Father God, that we realize, God, it's this waiting that's pointing to Jesus. And the promise is always yes. Lord, I pray that we would look to you, that we would see you. Father, that our faith would not fail. And God, I pray that you would build up your church today. And Lord, let us see what you see. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.